Cool. Welcome back to everybody in here right now and hoping to have a few more join us. And today, and for the people who will listen after this recording goes live, today we have a special guest uh, giving us a privilege of coming back, Mr. Joshua Marsendale. But I would do a different introduction because normally the way Annette is here, yeah, she's back again. I love our live stream together. And I also want to say that normally how we introduce our guests in our live stream and even when I do all of the guest interview is I will say who they are, all their accomplishments. Today, I want to do something a little different. Josh, I want you to tell us first who you were before who you are now with Jesus. I want you to tell the ladies that are here, the people that are here, who you were. Because I love our story. I love our conversation together. Because you used to be an atheist. So tell us who you were before Christ. And why were you an atheist? And what made you change from I don't believe in God and things like that to now being who you are? Let's talk first who you were before Christ. So I grew up in the kind of all over, but uh, mostly in the South and grew up. Uh, my mom was a Baptist and I went to church until I was about nine years old. We had a lot of rough goings and uh, we were you know, poor for American standards. And, and so we, we struggled with that, struggled with housing and just all kinds of different things. And so all I heard the church say was that I was going to hell. And that probably wasn't all they were saying. <laughs> But it was all I could hear. My nine-year-old mind, I'm thinking, I can do this on my own. I don't need anybody to help me. So my mom gave me a choice on whether I wanted to continue going to, to church. She wanted it to be my decision. And uh, I was like, what's the quickest way out of here? I can't I can't do this. And, and so actually at the age of nine, a lot of crazy things kind of started to happen in a uh, very negative. And uh, my dad actually ended up committed suicide whenever I was 15. I was constantly struggling just to find my identity. But I remember even at the age of nine, when some negative thoughts started to really just completely keep me. There was a lot of head trash is what I call it. Like, And, and so there was a lot of torment going on. Brother committed suicide later on. And with all that pain and all that frustration, I had become kind of pretty angry. And I, that's the way I see it now. Back then, I probably would have argued about that. But and atheism kind of gave me a place to point the finger. And I started to think, well, all these people are wrong. And I was an academic at that point. I was trying to, this is much later on when I'm like in my later 20s. So for a good two years or so, I found, I found like a little group of, of people that were in college that were that were really into atheism and I, I just kind of went there. Before that I was kind of agn agnostic, but at that point I just yeah, I became an accuser. <laughs> I was very much against uh, Christianity. I thought that it was uh it was silly and it was a what I call it a comfort blanket and I and I thought people were weak if they needed it and all, all kinds of just really horrible things that I look back on now and I realized that I was just reflecting some inner torment and I was really dealing with a lot of anger. So the way that God brought me into the kingdom really was just, I mean, so let me tell you, the, the veil was torn, the Bible says. And so not only can we go into the Holy Holies, he can come out. And so he did, he, he went on a rescue mission and he and he came and got me. My experience coming into to know Jesus was was an open vision. A lot of Christians talk about that, use that language, open vision, but it's basically a dream that you have while you're awake. And so I was 
uh, I had actually tried to commit suicide the night before, took some pills, drank some alcohol, and I just, and I did, I remember saying, you know what, God, if you're real, please kill me. <laughs> and, and I meant it. I didn't want a new start or anything like that. I just, I wanted it to be over. So about, so after drinking, a, a, you know, a bottle of, of booze and like a bunch, taking a bunch of pills about four hours later, I mean, I should have had a hangover at least, but I also should have been dead. I woke up about four hours later feeling like a brand new person. So God heard my, heard my prayer and then he gave me a ridiculous open vision and which to an atheist, I didn't have a, a box for that. I didn't really, I wasn't thinking about supernatural encounters. I wasn't thinking about anything like that. So I, I, and as an academic, I just thought maybe I've got schizophrenia. Long story short, on this is 45 minute open vision that I had with in the park where because I, I felt so good. I met Jesus and looked him in the eyes and and there was kindness in his eyes. He knew who I was. I just realized that the only thing I'd ever thought about Jesus was that he was a religion. And here was a person looking at me that cared about me and knew who I was. And so that that just blew my mind. I was like, uh, I don't know anything about you, actually. <laughs> and then he took me on an awesome, he had this whole thing planned to get me saved and kind of, you know, and he's just so good. He really did. He came and he rescued me. I was a very much a lost son. Thank you so much, Josh, for sharing that amazing testimony. Now, after telling us who you were before Christ, now can you share with everybody here with us who you are now that you have Christ and the blessings that you have in your life right now because you are walking your life with Christ. So basically, we heard you tell us who you were without Christ. Now tell us who you are now that you have Christ in your life. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I mean, going doing life without the Lord is really hard, and uh, and it suffers from a lack of meaning and foundation constantly, constantly getting the rug torn out from under you. And you know, it's not that life gets so much easier or anything like that. It's just that it always has something to do with there's there's a foundation underneath you that's not constantly crumbling and falling apart and unpredictable, and you're constantly having to reinvent yourself and all this. All that is really over. Like the Lord builds us. You know, so he's he's planting a garden. He's not just problem solving. Just that alone is such a humongous benefit to being a Christian because you can consistently be built into something, into something. And there is some tearing down, there is some pruning and stuff like that. But the foundational core of your identity being you're a son or daughter of God is intact, you know, no matter what's going on in your world. And so that alone to me is is huge. And I've, I've been learning that for the last uh, 16 years now. I've been a Christian. What the Lord really did for me is he started to, and this really spoke my language, because I couldn't refuse encounters. You know, they were they were real. And so, I mean, they may be subjective. <laughs> I, I get that other people weren't experiencing the same things that I was experiencing, but they were very much real for me. So my per, my perception was this is really happening. And so I couldn't argue with me and I didn't have to, you know. So so God started encountering me and I and over and over again in really significant ways and really big grandiose kind of experiences. But also I started to realize that the little moments where I would know that God was real were really valuable as well. And so those two things he started to just point my my attention towards Every moment that we have with God is the most valuable moment there is. Like everything else aside, there's value in so many things. But this, 
this is the pearl of great price. This is the thing that that really is precious. And when our value goes up for those experiences with God, then we start to have them more. We start to cultivate a garden of experiencing God. And you know, the we we lower the the bar for God so that it's not so hard for him to communicate with us. So I don't know what we've done as a human race. It's obviously taken a lot of times, but we've learned to ignore God in some strange ways. And he's really everywhere and he's constantly trying to speak to us. So when we when we start to lower that bar for him, it's not it's not for us, it's it's for him. We lower that bar and we start to experience God more. And that 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 is the life that I want for every Christian. And so I just believe that encounters are very easy. They're very abundant. God is not short on them. He constantly wants to meet with us in everything that we do. And I've done a lot of different work to try to bring together tools that would help people to experience God, especially if they're not experiencing him. If they just feel like, oh, I've been a Christian for a really long time. I can't experience God. That Those are the kind of people that I want to work with. Thank you. And Josh is, if you don't know Josh, is also a very accomplished author. You could buy his book, Amazon. And he is the founder of Abundant Encounters, which is an online ministry. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Abundant Encounters is focused on inner healing. Inner healing is a lot of people get this idea that it's about like exorcism or something. <laughs> you know, they get these pictures of like Hollywood movies and things like that. But inner healing is just, it is the inheritance of every Christian. Like we should be able to have an inner world that where the territory is one for Jesus. Inner healing tools are really powerful in helping us to kind of reconnect with God. The thing is, is life is hard and a lot of people have experiences with their their parents, their siblings, all kinds of different things in their life that create some difficulties in communicating with God and trusting God and those kind of things. So inner healing is, is a little bit like counseling, but it's more like facilitation and prayer where we help people just communicate with God. That's the goal. It's like being able to actually speak to God. And it's it's not hard. We're all his sheep and we all hear his voice. So there's no there's no real barriers for us to be able to experience him if we're his children. But there are a lot of perceived barriers that can be addressed in inner healing. So that's one of the biggest things we do. We do that online. So it's which is, I think, a benefit because uh, there's all the confidentiality. So you don't have to open up with someone that's at your, in, in your church or someone that's down. The ch- if you're really secretive or you just feel uncomfortable talking about a subject, then this is a great resource for that because you can just be completely open. There's nothing we haven't heard. And so that that's the priority that we're after. Inner healing is amazing. I watch God use it all the time to just heal hearts and and set people free from all kinds of different bondage. And uh, we also have a podcast and uh, where it's a Christian meditation. Meditation is a weird, I don't know why it's got this negative connotation in the church. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, David did it. Joshua did it. It's throughout the Bible. Jesus did it. So there's a ton of meditation. There's just a right way to do it, which is just filling your mind up with the Word of God and then experiencing those scriptures. We could talk more about that if you want, but that's that's really the focus of our ministry. And yeah. Thank you, Josh. I'm enjoying your story. What really did it for you? Mm. Because, okay, I got, it's a two-part question. How atheist were you? And how long did you, like, were you quiet and closet? You didn't just like kept it to yourself. Nobody really knew you were atheist. Or did you seek out lots of groups? I know you said you 
fell in, you got to that one group, but did you really like go hard at it? Like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to go up against these Christians and everybody else to prove how like crazy they are uh, so I can spread atheism or were you just kind of quiet about it? I am naturally an introvert, so but our atheist evangelism looked like going to bars and making sure everybody was on our side and things like that. So we did talk about it a good bit, but not like uh, it's not like I was an activist on the street or going to people's churches or anything like that. But if I would meet Christians quite often, and I would my my whole attempt at that point was really to shame them and to expose their their comfort seeking and things like that. And and you know it's hard to remember some of that stuff because it. it was just shameful the way that I, you know, really just tried to hammer at people and take out their the way they they thought and just you know make them feel small and that was my that was my effort but that had to do with anger you know <laughs> didn't really have to do with the fact that I was sold out that there was no God it was it was more like I'm really angry and this is a neat tool that I can beat people up with and I see have that you now. Found that 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 has helped you to reach others because a lot of young people may be more agnostic or uh, the, the occasional eye roll of there you go with that Jesus stuff again. Uh, that was in the old days. It's not really like that anymore. The Bible hasn't kept up with the times. Do you find that your background helps you to really reach people a little bit better? Yes. The the thing that, that God has, has shown me is really just a way to be very authentic about who I am because I've just experienced him. So my faith comes from me. And the way I translate my faith is through the scriptures. That's how I know how, that I believe in those kind of things. So they don't take a back seat. They're the front seat. But like, but at the same time, it's coming from the inside. It's This is what I had, the way I've experienced God. And so I've found that I can talk to anybody on the street and any religion or anything because of that place of authenticity that the Lord has so established within me. Like this happened to me. This is my subjective experience. You can you can take it or leave it, but because it's mine and everybody has a testimony, by the way. So I'm not like super special or anything. This is just the way I've translated it. But having a testimony is the most valuable currency in the in the kingdom because when you have a testimony, you know who where your faith comes from. Your faith comes from you. It doesn't come from your pastor or from your parents. It comes from you. And so when you get in, in the line of fire with anybody or anything, and it happens, I mean, especially if you do street ministry, which I've done quite a bit of, you know, you get some good questions. People have been fighting with stuff here and there, and they've been kind of going through a lot. But at least you could say, well, this is the way I perceived it. And this is what God means to me. I think those are valuable to be able to, to share your faith with people. And I mean, with kids too, and, and people that aren't experiencing God, which is a normal thing in my world. I get people that really, that call call me, they're, they've been Christians for a long time and they haven't experienced God in a really long time. And it's really sad to me that they're trying to live this Christian faith without the Father. I don't want that for anyone. It is really hard. Like God is really, really special and he really loves us. And with trying to do our faith without that connection is really, really hard. Thank you, Josh. All your answers are amazing. And thank you for sharing. My next question is not just for the people that are in here right now, but also for the people that will be listening to this live stream whenever I get it published. We don't know who's listening. So for whoever is listening right now who might 
experiencing the same thing that you experienced with what happened to your dad and your brother or they could be going to some kind of other storm in their life that they have to go through or that they are going through right now. What advice can you give them? How can they keep their faith intact so that no matter what they're going through, no matter how hard life gets, that they would always keep that faith and intact and that they will never give up on God. What advice can you give them? I'm sorry, but as you know, this is another cliffhanger and make sure to follow us so you don't miss his answer and all the amazing conversation that we had during our live stream. And I chose this live stream to publish to all of you because it is the start of the new year and I would love for us to have that intimate walk with Jesus and live a supernatural life with Him. Thank you so much for listening and I pray blessings to each and every one of you. And always remember to come to Jesus daily and now let us reflect to everything we've heard and listen to this beautiful music from our Spotify. Thank you everyone and always stay blessed until next time No!